9 until 10. A little bit of live and in real-time radio so that you know that what we're talking about is what's going on right now. And it's on AM 680, WPTF, and FM 98.5. So that gives you two places of access. We try to have programs that are uh, uh, entertaining and educational. And we don't work much on controversy. There's some controversy, but we don't do politics and things like that. Because there's plenty of people, other people doing that, people who know more about it than I do. But uh, we try to have something that is entertaining and always like to think that when the night is gone that you will have learned one or two things. Uh, and part of that is because I'm an old-time school teacher. Uh, that was my way I made my living. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be a baseball player, a school teacher, and a radio announcer, and I have gotten to be two of those, and I just couldn't hit the baseball. Uh, so uh, it's good that I got to do the two others. Most people only get one thing. And the reason I'm, you're saying, why is he telling me this? Why is he mentioning this? Uh, and the reason I'm telling you is that I discovered that this is Teacher Appreciation Week. Now, sometime not too long ago, we had one of our nostalgia programs, which is what we are having tonight. And the nostalgia program was devoted to thinking back over your career in education, particularly as you went from, say, the first grade into graduating from high school, although you could include college if, if, you, if you wanted to. And what I wanted you to do was to roll your mind back, be nostalgic, think about perhaps the, the teacher who you enjoyed having that you thought you learned a lot from. I, I asked my sister, who is one year younger than me, and we were in school at the same time. I was a little ahead of her a couple of years. And uh, I can remember she told me who her favorite teacher was, and I can remember we'd had this conversation before, but she thought this person had uh, been particularly uh, important to her because uh, she, she valued the what what she was trying to, my sister was trying to do in school and those kinds of things. And the, and the same was true of me. And in fact, I uh, particularly want to mention one of my, my favorite teacher. I'm one of those people who tends to, to, to rank things. And, and the ranking, of course, is purely arbitrary. But the one that I feel like uh, I really got the most help from and most education from because um uh, she died, and I had always had plans of going to visit her again. I had visited her a couple of times when I was younger, uh, between the time I graduated from high school and now. But uh, uh, she had called me when my mother died in 2006, and I said, I need to go see Miss Selby. But I never did, and I, I should have done that. And that's what so many people do. They intend to do that and intend to, uh, to, well, to do something that a lot of teachers never get, and that is uh, some feedback. You know, they, they go there every day and they do their job, and and unless the, the person gets to be the president of the United States or something like that, and is asked by the press to reflect on their favorite teachers and so on, they, they never really realized uh, uh, that, uh, that that they had any effect and so on. And, and having been a teacher, I can tell you that very few students, although I've been lucky that a few have, uh, have in, in some way told me that they didn't think I uh, uh, did any damage to them, and they probably learned something. I, actually, they were very nice. And one of my uh, ex-students, when I was teaching some courses at State in American history, I actually was my guest one night, and, and he said, Tom, you don't remember me, do you? And his name is Ken. And he's been on, he's the owner of uh, Capitol Comics in Oak Park. And uh, he, he was on with another friend of ours, 
talking about comic books like Marvel and those kinds of things. And anyway, but I didn't uh, didn't didn't recognize him right off. It had been a long time because this teaching was in the seventies, and I was talking to him in in like 2010 or something like that. So it was probably 30 years, uh, and you don't remember all the folks, though, although you do remember some. But when I have run across them, occasionally one of them has called, or I've run into them somewhere. Uh, so far, nobody's hit me with anything, and let's just say that. But uh, you do kind of look, look forward to, if somebody tells you something, that you find out that you, you did some good and that whatever you tried to teach them was of some value. And uh, so uh, so uh, Teacher Appreciation Week was Monday through Friday of this week. So we're right in the middle of it, uh, 3 through 7, I think. And so what I want you to do tonight is to get the telephone number, which is 919-860-9783, and call me up and tell me uh, your story, your story of your favorite school teacher, would be at first grade or third grade or eighth grade or whatever. I can remember the names of most of my teachers. So, uh, And you will make the program, and maybe it will be one way that you uh, can pay some of that debt that you owe those teachers who, who uh, put themselves into trying to make sure that you learned something when Sometimes you didn't want to learn it. I, I, my teachers deserve particular appreciation because I was a cut-up, as you might imagine. Uh, and uh, uh, my favorite teacher was my seventh-grade teacher, who was a woman named Barbara Selby. And this was at Goldsboro, uh, what would we call junior high or middle school today. And uh, she didn't take any mess. She, she got it straight. In fact, she and my mother had been friends when they were children. Not not at that time. They had continued. They just didn't didn't follow up on their friendship. But they were friends, and uh, she knew that she could do anything to me she wanted to. And those were in the days that when something was wrong between the teacher and the student, there was not the automatic assumption, which seems to be the case almost all the time today, that that the problem is with the teacher, and usually the problem is with the student. Having been a teacher, uh, having been a student then. And, and watching a lot of students now, if the, if the kid comes home and they're having a problem with the teacher, the parents, I think, today it seems like most often take the side of the student against the teacher. And I think that's that's probably not right. But that's just my opinion. And I know when I was cutting up and being a nuisance, uh, usually I was the problem. And I, I recognize that today. But as I say, having been a teacher, I realize how one does that, how one tries to deal with that. I want your story. That's the important thing tonight, 919-860-9783. We had a small but decent turnout the last time we did this because I've done it a couple of times over the years, and I would like to be our contribution on the Tom Kearney Show and on WPTF to Teacher Appreciation Week, which was Monday through Friday, 3 through 7, and this is the 5th, so we're right in the middle of it. And don't be bashful. In fact, the last time we did this, we had one particular person. The first person who called was the best call you could possibly have. And it, it, it was clear that the person had thought about it a lot and realized the contribution that their teachers had made to their lives. And the teachers make those contributions in lots of different ways. Sometimes it's teaching you the alphabet or who won the Battle of Gettysburg or how much 2 plus 2 plus X is or something like that. And sometimes it's uh, how to comport yourself. Uh, I 
one of the things that, that my teachers taught me was how to not cut up quite so much and, and not talk so much and not be a general nuisance. And my favorite male teacher was a man whose class I never was in, that is, in the formal classroom where they called the role. I was in his class every day because I, he was the athletic director of my high school, and I elected as my co- extracurricular activity working with sports. And I really was not good enough to play very much. I was, I think, on the ninth grade basketball team, but that was the last time I dressed out. But I liked, those were the guys that I had grown up with and liked to be around, and, and I became what they called a manager then. And I learned how to do uh, tape ankles and uh, do uh, things that trainers do, those guys that you see at the, the ball game who come out and, and look after the people who are on the field. And uh, so I got, and what I got two letters, if you know. I lettered twice. Uh, actually, I lettered three times, but I lettered twice doing that. Uh, and so uh, apparently I, they thought I made a contribution to the team. But the guy that helped me make a contribution to the team was the athletic director and the coaches, too. Uh, the athletic director of Goldsboro High School, when I started doing that, was a man named Clyde Whitener, who was a very unusual, very steadfast, very precise man uh, who was just cool. He just never lost his temper, and he just worked away at things. And I was a person who lost my temper a lot and was impatient, and he taught me to work on not being either one of those things. The basketball coach was a man named Charles Lee who gave me a lot of responsibility. And I had two football coaches uh, who, uh, who likewise, uh, sort of let me do, do my part of it and uh, help uh, make a contribution, do some things that normally coaches would have done but that they did not have to do. And... Uh, uh, so uh, you're hearing my story, but I'm just repeating it because it's one of the reasons that uh, these people were important to me. And in, in the case of all those coaches, I was never in a classroom, you know, not like my English teacher who uh, was, uh, let's see, uh, I'm trying to think of the, these teachers' names. I, I had uh, Balcom, Miss Balcom, whose husband, was the general manager of our sister station, WGBR in Goldsboro at that time. She was my sophomore English teacher, and she was another one who let it be let me know that she wasn't taking any crap off me, that I would would be a good student and to do the best I could and, and not to be a nuisance. And it, it worked. And I, have to, and I hope you understand that I'm thanking her for that, as I thank the, all of these coaches. But I suspect you have some people that you should have thanked somewhere along the way, and uh, the way you can avoid the hearing all of my story is to tell your story. 919-860-9783. And don't be bashful. Come on down to the front of the church, as my Baptist friends would say, and testify about your uh, most significant teacher in this, what is Teacher Appreciation Week, uh, all over and on WPTF's Tom Kearney Show. We'll be back expecting your calls. So you can queue up while we're doing these commercials, and we can testify when you come back. To give us a chance to roam across some, some subjects like Teacher Appreciation Week and give the audience an opportunity to participate in it. Uh, and uh, I believe that we ought to have at least one night a week that we have open phones that, that people can kind of call up and tell their story. I usually end up picking the subject, and this week it's Teacher Appreciation Week. and but I want you to reflect back all the way back to first grade 
and uh, and uh, and go through graduation from high school and even into college if you had a particular teacher as a college instructor uh, that you would want to to uh, talk about. Nine one nine is the area code where we are. Uh, eight six zero nine seven eight three eight six zero. And 9783 works out to be our call letters, WPTF, so it's a good memory device, 860-WPTF after 919. And don't hold back on me now because you will make or break our program tonight, depending on whether you participate or not. I was thinking, uh, one of the things I was trying to remember was, could I name my school teachers? And I remember Miss Green was my first teacher. See, this is where I... Maybe Miss Green is listening somewhere tonight. Probably not, because that was a long time ago. But uh, maybe her daughter or granddaughter is listening. But she taught the first grade, and I can remember she uh, uh, helped us learn how to read. I was in the first reading class with two young ladies, a woman named Ellen Lentz. Of course, she was six, seven years old then, and a woman named Macon Rimsburg. And uh, I think Macon died in the 1990s, but uh, Ellen still with us, I think. Uh, I haven't seen her in a long time, and a guy named Roger Watson was in my class. Uh, but I remember Miss Green is the one that taught us that uh, you, you raise your hand and you say you got to do number one or you've got to do number two. And I'm afraid sometimes I still uh, use that as a part of my education. Miss White was my second grade teacher, and she made us get these things that... that, that uh, See if you don't have memories like this. That's why I'm doing this. My memories are not any better or any worse than anybody else's, but maybe they'll revive your your interest in telling your story. Miss Miss White, my second grade teacher, read Heidi to us, the children's story about the little girl in the mountains of Switzerland. And uh, we had to make something to take home to our mother, and we had to make it out of one of those uh, gallon ice cream, the circular thing where you they dipped ice cream out of it, ice cream bars and so on. And you had to get it and wash it out and then paint it. And her idea is you would make it into some kind of trash can that your mother. This is second grade now. We're talking you're seven or eight years old. When I was in the third grade is when they discovered that, that my eyesight was not all that good and that I was a general nuisance uh, that uh, got really got my assignments done quicker than most of the people in the class, just the way it was. And in the remaining time, when I was not working on an assignment, I bothered everybody else. And so uh, when the end of the third grade came, and I was in Miss Florence Faison's class. See, I, I've always thought a lot of education. I thought a lot of my teachers. They may not have always realized it. That they decided that uh, this was at Edgewood Elementary School in Goldsboro, which is a brand-new school. I think when I went there, it was one of the first few years that it, that it operated, right after World War II. I was there in 1950-51, sometime like that. Uh, I, I, I didn't go to the fourth grade. I went to the fifth grade and had a teacher named Roma Herring. And she was a great teacher, and she's probably my second favorite female teacher. She helped me make the transition from the third to the fifth grade and, again, didn't take any, any mess off of me. And it was in that class that I met one of my best friends, a guy named Walker, who is my, my soul brother to this day. And uh, it's good to have somebody that goes back that far. Sixth grade was Miss Hines. And I met another guy that was a, kind of a soul brother to me, William Jennings Jordan, otherwise known as Buddy. And uh, I can remember Miss Hines taught us world history. 
and uh, she told us about Magellan, and she said the reason they needed to make those exploratory trips were to find spices, because the meat was spoiled in those days. It wasn't very good, and you had to put spices on it to get it beyond your nose. Isn't it funny what you remember? And when I got to the seventh grade is when I had Barbara Selby, and that's the time that you are, when you're, when you're uh, uh, going through puberty, I guess is, is the word that they use today, and becoming a teenager and, and uh, turn into different kinds of person. But Barbara Selby knew how to handle it. She had a yardstick, and if things got out of hand, she would bring it down on her desk, and it made a loud noise. But she got tired of me cutting up and being a nuisance, so she took me aside and, and gave me a talking to, and, and uh, I remember it to this day. And uh, those are some of my teacher experiences. But I've already told you that uh, that uh, my favorite male teachers, well, well was in, in terms of classroom, was my chemistry. And, and I'm, I'm giving you a, a, a format, format that you can use. Who was your favorite math teacher? Who was your favorite teacher in homeroom, the one that you just didn't mind going to that teacher's class? And more people... Well, I enjoyed going to school because I learned. I loved to learn things, and I, I was reasonably good at it. And I think uh, some people didn't enjoy it because they weren't good at it or didn't choose to be good at it. If you use one of those things that you work at a little bit, usually you can, can get it to work for you. But uh, the teachers that, the male teachers that uh, were my favorites were, were coaches and, and uh, people whose classes I was not in, but by their... Uh, comportment, by the way they carried themselves, by the way they acted, by what they thought was important, they taught us. Because you get education, not just when you're in classroom, when you've got a bunch of books and some, some notebooks and things like that, but you get it all kinds of places, and you learn all kinds of things uh, that you don't realize that you're learning. But uh, uh, I do want to mention my physics and chemistry teacher, because uh, he, uh, well, I ended up going off to college as a math major. And it was more more because of his teaching, because you use math and stuff in chemistry and physics, than my actual mathematics teachers. Uh, I think Miss Hodgen taught me uh, her first year algebra, and uh, I can't remember who taught me second year algebra, but it was at Goldsboro High School. And uh, I had uh, Geraldine Jones for biology, and I didn't do wasn't as crazy about that as I was about the other ones. But the, the man's name that I'm not telling you that I ought to tell you was XL, an unusual name, E-X-E-C-E-L, Markham. And he uh, taught uh, the science courses at Goldsboro High School in, in, the, in the 50s. And uh, I learned a lot of, well, when I went to college, I was able to get A's in, in the, the kind of cookbook physics and cookbook uh, chemistry. That is the one that Bachelor BA students would, in fact, take. So there's some uh, examples of, of the kind of story that I think you might have in you somewhere. And I've mentioned their names on the radio now, and I, I hope someone that knows them will uh, will get it. And so a room to give your testimony at 919-860-9783. It's Teacher Appreciation Week. And on WPTF, we're conducting Teacher Appreciation Week, and we'll be back right after this. We go back to uh, do, do a little promoing and, and talk some more about the 
your favorite teachers, the ones that you need to dial me up on here on the air and, and talk about and give us a story of your favorite teacher. It, the number, by the way, is 919-860-9783. We need to talk about some friends of mine. Uh, all of the pollen that we are now seeing is a good reminder that now is the time to take your vehicle to King's Auto Service for a spring checkup. Items that need to be checked include the wiper blades, which have taken abuse from the winter weather. Uh, we were riding in our car the other day, and Mrs. Kearney was driving, and she turned on the wiper blades, and they were kind of scrunching a little bit. So I remembered that we ought to have them checked the next time we take the car to King's. The cabin air filter, which we had cleaned uh, earlier this year, keeps out a lot of pollen, so you would want to have that checked uh, to keep uh, those things that can uh, they can accentuate allergies, for instance. During your spring checkup, make sure that your air conditioning is ready. Uh, we've only had to turn ours on a couple of times, but we can tell it's coming now. Uh, for those, by that I mean the heat. For those of you who are currently driving a Toyota Prius or some other hybrid vehicle, the certified hybrid technicians at Kings are now able to refurbish your high-voltage battery pack for less than the dealer would charge to replace it. This usually the replacement occurs at around 150,000 miles. Call Kings tomorrow to schedule a courtesy battery analysis. Kings Auto Service and Kings Correct Loop, along with the State Inspection Station, are easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net on the web. Kings Auto Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946. And I want you to know that in promoting Kings, I walk the walk and talk the talk because for the last oh, 50, somewhere between 15 and 20 years, uh, we have taken both of our cars to be serviced there, and I wouldn't be keeping 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 on that is doing it if we didn't get good service. That's the nice thing about America is you have competition, and you, you, if a person doesn't doesn't do the work and treat you right, you can go somewhere else. But I have not found that to be necessary. I I uh, can recommend King's Auto without reservation, and I think John takes his cars there too. And I, I've had a number of guests when we would be doing this commercial would say, well, you know, that's where I take my car, Tom. In any event, King's Auto at 1039 Northwest Street. Uh, we do a little promoing usually at this time. Uh, tomorrow night, Rod Gonski, meteorologist, uh, formerly with the National Weather Service and now in private industry, will be our guest, and we always have fun. I don't think you can talk about the weather too much, and along the way that was one of the things that I, I think I wanted to be with a meteorologist but I enjoy talking about the weather, and we learn a lot every time that Rod visits with us, and he will be here tomorrow night. Friday night, of course, will be, be trivia night. Dr. Mike Walden will be our guest on Monday night to talk about the economy, as he has for the last 30 years, once a month, every month. The subject tonight on a program roughly dedicated to what we call nostalgia, which is an open phone night, is is remembrance of your school teachers. This is Teacher Appreciation Week in the United States, 5 through 7. I think the National PTA sponsors it. I believe that's right. Not totally sure, but in any, any event, I've noticed uh, several television networks have had programs like on the Today Show and in the morning, and, and I think uh, I occasionally watch uh, Oh, Kelly and Ryan and a, a local teacher from Holly Springs was on their program yesterday uh, and so on. So, uh, And we plan to do our part by inviting.
inviting you to come and use our airtime to celebrate some teacher who had made a particular contribution to your life, however that may have been. And I have run through a few of my experiences, and our producer, John Sauter, said during the break, he said, Tom, you remember a lot of your teachers, and I was able to say to him, I think I remember just about all of them. I, there are a couple that I need to get some friends to give me a remembrance on. I, I was trying to think of my eighth grade uh, homeroom teacher. I think her name was Brian, and I skipped class occasionally uh, to do to, to do school duties, and she was never real sure that I ought to be able to. It was things that the principal put me up to. He, he said, Tommy, I need some help with this a guy named... I should mention his name, too, the Goldsboro Junior High, a really wonderful man who's passed away, Harry Howard. And uh, he, uh, I guess, uh, took me under his wing, and uh, and uh, I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot of, uh, about how to be, uh, but, and that's one of the things you can do. But uh, Miss Bryan wasn't sure that I was always doing something, although the principal had given me you know, a free cut, everything, that I ought to be doing that. But it all worked out. And uh, I finally got out of junior high after the ninth grade and got into the to the high school and worked my way through that and did well enough to end up going, getting getting a chance to go to college. And but uh, I, I'm familiar with teachers. My sister was a teacher for something like 40 years. My first cousin, who either graduated from college the day before me or the day after, whoever whoever was first was the first person in my family to get a degree. She was a school teacher. And uh, I have uh, nieces, and I don't have any nephews that are school teachers, but nieces that are school teachers. In any event, uh, uh, it's something uh, that is an important job and a difficult job. And one of the reasons, I think, probably is that change that I mentioned. In, in the 50s when I went to school, if some problem occurred, my parents made the assumption that I was the source of the problem, and generally that was the case. And uh, I have the feeling that 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 has stood on its head now, and parents often assume that it's the teachers. And if the teachers got, get get the kind of support they need, then things are a little bit better. We want you to call up and tell your story. 919-860-9783. A person cannot say they were offered a chance. And I, I would like to hear the testimony. One year I had to do the state, the, the station's promos asking different members of the staff, this was a long time ago, uh, to, to do a little three-minute thing that would be a drop-in on some of our programs. You know, uh, how, uh, how Tom, the story I'm telling you, what my favorite teacher was, and my colleagues who were still there, uh, I can remember Mike Grayley and Tony Rigsby had, had their favorite teachers and some other people who are, are, were there but who are now gone. Those are the two guys that are that are still there uh, that have been there longer than I have been. But I would like to hear your testimony at 919-860-9783. John, am I to suppose, since I haven't heard from you, that nobody has offered up themselves to, to discuss our program? We got Henry from Raleigh. Henry from Raleigh. Well, I remember Henry. And you hold on, John, because we may, may, may need to talk to you. Henry, how are you feeling about education tonight? Yes, Tom. Uh, we talked about this before. Right. You, you went to school in Wilmington, if I remember. You've got a great memory, uh, and I had previously called in a few weeks ago to praise one of my um, elementary school teachers, Mrs. Gladys Smith, but tonight I would like to recognize a couple of my college professors, if you will let me. 
Sure. Okay. Um, this was in college at Carolina at Chapel Hill, and um, these gentlemen were in the history department, and um, one of them was named uh, Dr. Lamar Cecil. His last oh, name I had him, uh, and he was a great lecturer. Oh, he was terrific. He was outstanding. And the other one that I wanted to praise is um, <clears throat> Dr. George Taylor, G.V. Taylor was his name, and he was an excellent uh, uh, instructor and teacher as well. But, Tom, the real reason that I want to praise these two uh, professors is not just for the quality of their teaching and the way they inspired me, but <clears throat> when I got out of college, I, I decided I wanted to go to graduate school. And uh, back then, you needed letters of recommendation from your professors, at least I did, to get into graduate school. Oh, I did, too, the other way around. I, I went from Wake Forest to Carolina, and you were going from <laughs> Carolina to where? Yeah. Where did you really? go to graduate school, or did you go? I uh, went to Wake Forest. Oh, so uh, you, we did it We did it in reverse. That's what yeah, we, we did it opposite. Uh, right. But fortunately, I went the, the three the graduate school experience was shorter in years, and it was more expensive at Wake Forest in Carolina, of course. But... Um, these guys, these professors, um, I had to call on them at least a couple of times to ask them to write letters of recommendation for me. And God bless them, they did, and they wrote outstanding letters, uh, not because I was an outstanding student, but just because they did such a good job of it. Now, look, go back one second. Did you say George George Taylor or George Tyndall? Taylor, like T-A-Y-L-O-R. Taught you French history is what he did. Had a voice like this. I don't know how you know this, but I think it's great. Yes, sir, that's exactly who he was. That was that was Dr. Taylor. And um, you Well, know, when you get through this, I'll tell you a funny story since nobody's interrupting us with any calls. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, well, the, the one thing I especially want to say is that <clears throat> in retrospect now, I'm convinced that if those, if those two guys had not written me those letters of recommendation like they did, I probably would have not would not have been admitted to graduate school. I mean, well, you had course, you you had two guys there who were well known in the, in their field, and then the places that you were writing to would know who they were and to respect that, their opinions. And so, you well you, not you, they uh, the the top the uh, universities that they were writing to for me uh, may not have known them because um, they were. You know, they were in Carolina, these professors were in <clears throat> some of these schools were in, in other states, not just Wake Forest. Oh, no, I'm, I differ with you on that because both of those guys, were, George Taylor was uh, known internationally as a historian of France, and after Lamar Cecil left Chapel Hill, he became the president of Washington and Lee, which, you know, that means somebody knew about him. Oh, gosh, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you told me that because I didn't know what had happened to those uh, professors after I was in college. But they were superb uh, gentlemen, and most of all, I thank them for having had the confidence in me to uh, write those letters for me, because otherwise I probably would not have been admitted to graduate school, you know. Right. Well, that you've made good testimony, and I'm going to tell you a quick story, and then I need to take a break. I'm not diminishing your report in, in any way, but... Uh, Thank you for so giving I, us I've done what I needed to do in praising them, but thank you. 
Well, no, I just want you to stay here and be, be my audience for a moment. Uh, uh, I used to teach a course uh, when you were a graduate student at Chapel Hill in those days. One of the ways you made money was teaching Mod Civ. You may have taken Mod Civ. Oh, I, I loved it. It was a two-semester course, and I loved it. Right. Well, I taught it for a couple of years, and uh, I had a class, and uh, one, and, and it was a class that, that didn't have regular chairs in it. It had a really like a table that ran all the way around the room, and if you... Huh. Your seat was on the opposite side from the door. You had to go, you know, all the way around. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? The teacher stood in the middle, yeah. and I yeah. stood in the middle. And one day, as the class came to a close, and I guess this testifies to my teaching, there was a student in there who was asleep. <laughs> and so, so I, when the class was over, I put my my finger. You can imagine this. Look at, see the picture. Me putting it up to my lips to all the other students and oh, students. They, were, they sort of looked at him, and they understood what I wanted them to do. They got up, and they left as quietly as they could. Well, the next class in that room was a graduate seminar that George Taylor taught, and he had a well. booming bass, bass voice. And anyway, uh, and I, I, we just got up and left, and, and uh, the next time we came to class, he said, Tom, you left us tears here last time. He said, I thought he was, he woke uh, up in the middle, of, I would imagine that, you go to sleep in one class and you wake up in the middle of a graduate seminar, and you're great. a freshman, and you wonder what in the blank is going yeah. on, but, but Dr. Taylor thought it, like I did, that it was funny, and he said, he, had, he, thought, he said, Tom, I thought he was sick, <laughs> but anyway, that's one of the things that uh, I remember that, that makes me smile when I remember it. Thank you for joining us tonight, and uh, for all the all the people who have and haven't who are listening and uh, we're going to take a break now okay thank you goodbye Tom YouTube Friday from 9 to 10 uh, we uh, talked uh, last night with Woody Seymour about uh, some old time radio uh, programs uh, and uh, uh, we had received some emails saying, well, you know, you talked about this one time in the past, why don't you talk about it again? But there are people who either remember or through uh, stations that play old-time radio programs remember Fibber McGee and Molly and some of the people who were behind the programs that went from radio to television uh, and so on. So we had, we had a, a good program there. I promised him that I, oh, I didn't promise him that, but I sort of thought that we might do this. Uh, we let's see. We've got about uh, five minutes left, and our producer is named John, and he is was educated in Raleigh. And John, you've you've had some teachers who might actually be listening, and so on. And I think you went to public schools until you were in high school, and then you went to uh, oh, what it was the name uh, Cardinal Gibbons. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, I, I'm getting where I can't remember things. But uh, you, you said you had a couple of teachers that you might, might point to that uh, did, you know, kind of got you straightened out or, or whatever. Uh, tell a little bit of your story. So uh, when I was in sixth grade, I went to East Millbrook Middle School, which is uh, in Raleigh. And uh, I had a teacher named Miss Layton, who was a history teacher. And uh, I had already enjoyed history growing up because my, my dad got us, you know, we go to different uh, museums and uh, places like Gettysburg, places like that. And when I got to sixth grade, she even got me more interested in history, and that's why I think I still love history to this day. Yeah, yeah, that sounds sounds good. She kept, did she, 
But she didn't head you in the right direction. She just pushed you along a little bit and everything. That's good. That's good. And that was in Millbrook. East Millbrook, did you say? Yeah, East Millbrook. All right. Ed, do you have a, any more you want to shout out, have a shout-out to? I think that's what they say these days. She was the one, you know, when we were talking about, you were talking about teachers that you were going to have, have this program. That was yeah. one of the ones that mainly I thought about was her. Right. And have, uh, you, have you ever gone back and told her, you know, that I'm, you know, or sent her a letter? She was getting, when, uh, when I had her, I think with the following year or maybe two years after that, she retired. Ah, uh, okay. All right. So she had been a teacher for 20-some years, probably late. In the late twenty, you know, twenty eight, twenty nine years, something like that. Yes, I secretly hope that she's listening tonight and found out one of her students. I'm sure many more than one, but but you don't get much feedback. Is what I, one of the points you know that I've made in this, this show. Well, thank you for your contribution. Number one, by keeping our program on the air tonight, and by your yourself testifying about one of your favorite students, along with uh, our caller that we had. Was it, is his name Henry? Is that uh, yes, Henry and Raleigh. Yeah, Henry and Raleigh. I'm, I didn't have a chance to write it down. Mrs. Kearney, I think, took my pen. She had to write a note or something. Something happened to it anyway. We work at one of the same desks, and, of course, I'm broadcasting from home. Tom Kearney on WPTF's Tom Kearney Show on this Wednesday night. It's, uh, let's see, May the 5th, Cinco de Mayo, for, uh, which I guess is a kind of a Mexican in, in the way that it operates in the United States, the Mexican version of St. Patrick's Day. On St. Patrick's Day, which is March 17th, everybody is an Irishman, and it's a particular celebration of Irishness, and uh, this is one way I've heard Cinco de Mayo explained, and uh, May the 5th doesn't recognize any particular, I think it recognizes a, a battle victory, but it was not a super significant one, but it has been adopted as sort of the Mexican version Latin American, Mexican version of uh, what the same kind of thing that uh, St. Patrick's Day is, and that is everybody, I guess, is kind of Mexican on this day, and so on. Well, we've offered you the opportunity tonight to testify. If you don't testify, at least think about the the teacher. Uh, You're entitled to a certain amount of nostalgia about maybe those good days when when the whole world lay ahead of you and you were learning something that you hoped you could put to practice in some future date, and maybe you've done that, and maybe it was partly due to the teachers that you had along the way. Uh, in any event, that's our show for tonight. I reminded you that tomorrow night, Rod Gonski is going to be here, and we're going to talk about the weather on WPTF Radio. <laughs>